The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroot was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers Download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome to another edition of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by My Race Pass. And of course, here with me once again, it is Justin Prince and our producer, Richard Colbreth, as we have some very special guests joining us here on the download from the Precision Racing League, Jerome Bertome and Charles Sumner joins us here today, Justin. And I have to say the PRL series is absolutely an amazing series. I've had the chance of calling it. In fact, it was the first league I've ever had a chance of working with broadcast wise and competing in. And they have done a phenomenal job over the many years since they've been in, involved with iRacing. Yes, indeed. One of the top leagues in terms of organizations on the platform, to say the very least, first off. Also, keep in mind, have experience calling the races, whether for the F3 and F, the IRO4 series, whether that's with the Cup series in the past, also filling in for GT3. Each of those races have so many different committed and valuable and unique members to the entire Ivory's community as a whole, you'd have to say that bring a lot of attention to the PRL in of itself. And don't forget, it's an organization that also started its own esports team that's had some good strides over the past year. He certainly is. And of course, joining us is going to be Jerome, who is the founder and one of the owners of the PRL. And from the Oval side, their head Oval director, Charles Sumner, joins us. And Jerome, Charles, welcome to the download. Uh, guys, thanks for having us. Uh, it's a great pleasure uh, to be there with you tonight. Well, Jerome, let's start off with you right quick. Jerome, first and foremost, what was the inception and the concept with creating the Precision Racing League? Because not only do you cover iRacing, but multiple different platforms of esports competition. Yeah, basically, I didn't really start Precision Racing League. Uh, the league started in 2011. Uh, it was a guy from, from UK who started that, and it was mainly uh, with the Codemaster platform. Uh, so back in time, we were supporting mainly F1 Codemaster. And when Project Car came, we did support Project Car. We were also uh, on Assetto Cars at some point. And yeah, since 2014, uh, I'm the owner of the league. And, and it's exactly the year uh, where I started uh, where I started doing iRacing, when I tried iRacing for the first time. And the day I tried iRacing, I knew that at some point, PRL will become iRacing only because it, it's so perfect and uh, I had that understanding of what it takes to, to build the series and everything and iRacing is providing a lot of tools or netcode is, is really good. Uh, the online platform is fantastic. So it's you, for a league, you have everything you need with, the, with iRacing and actually Charles started with us on the PS4 and F1 game, Project Cars and Eventually, we would convince him, and, and, and you get into the PC and iRacing. It certainly is, and I've known Charles for a little bit of time with racing with him in the Cup Series. Charles, let's start off with you. What made you want to come into the PRL? Well, ultimately, it was, I want to say, two, 
2016, maybe 2017. Um, it was just my love of oval racing at the time. And, uh, you know, NASCAR heat was being reintroduced. And at the time, the for oval outside of iRacing on the console side, it was just very slim pickets. Uh, so when NASCAR heat came around, that's when I ended up, uh, you know, finding the PRL. And it was just one of those things where kind of fell into my lap and I took the ball and ran with it on the oval side, just from growing up, you know, in Florida, being, you know, having, you know, NASCAR in my blood pretty much since I was young and Certainly is the case. Speaking from a Floridian as well here as well. So it's great to see some other Florida people getting involved in esports community. But Jerome, coming back to you on this matter, pretty much you race every night. You have some form of competition except for Friday and Saturday night. And what was the reason because of having so many different series compared to what we see with other leagues that maybe have one or two nights a week? Yeah, I mean, it's a, the reason why we grew that fast. It was really on demand. So we were we started with only like two air racing series, and and we started to have our race broadcasted by GSRC. And it's really the day where everything exploded, if I can say. And over time, we started to incorporate more and more series because of demand. Basically, the people were asking for more, so uh, we provided it. Friday, it's it's a good topic. Uh, uh, we tried in the past to have a Friday series, but it's uh one of the most difficult day in the week because yeah friday it's the, the beginning of the weekend and sometimes people uh do not really commit on friday night because they are hanging out uh so uh but you know what again uh we have now nine series uh and, and we still have more and more demand so we need to we are missing some day in the week so maybe at some point we, we would be forced to to try again uh, the friday night <laughs> It certainly is. I mean, looking over your schedule, Sunday night you kick off the NASCAR Cup Series. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and Thursday, you have double headers now with involving the brand new GR86, GT4s, GT3s, trucks, Xfinities, Formula 4, and Formula 3. A wide variety to just open up to the entire public of iRacing. Yeah, exactly. I think I think there's a... There, there's a... You will find something that, that, that you like to race, I think, at PRL. So we have series that are also more amateur-related, and we have series that are more on the pro side. So for the Oval, you have the NASCAR Cup Series, which is really the, the top series with longer races. Uh, and, and on the on the, the road side, we have our GT3 and, and Formula 3 Series, who really have a lot of... a, a very big strata of field. So... Yeah, we cover GD, Oval, uh, prototype, uh, uh, Open Wheel. So the next step will be Prototype. So we need to find that extra day in the week that to maybe start supporting the Prototype. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's really great. And and I think that the fact we have such a large offering, I think it helps to uh, attract a different type of racer. Now, Charles, when it comes to the oval side, it was mentioned some of the various series have been added on the roadside just now. On the oval side, one of those is now, for the first time on the Wednesday nights, a doubleheader NASCAR Xfinity Series competition and the Truck Series doubleheader. Talk us through that decision on going with the doubleheader on the oval side now for Wednesdays. Well, I mean, with that, that was not a decision made quickly at all. I mean, we... Um, I kind of sit back and let the roadside do the trial and error on the success of the double header. And it was there. And, and it really came to the fact that we have an amazing oval core group at the PRL. 
um, to the point where, you know, we're limited to 42 roster spots due to some tracks on the oval schedule. And we were filling up on day one. Right. And it got to the point where um, kind of twofold, right? We wanted to give another opportunity to the public and let other people come and experience, you know, the friendships and the family that you can build with a tight uh, core group like we have as well. And, you know, we ran trucks for years and years and years, and it's been an absolutely successful league, but I wouldn't be lying if, you know, a lot of our core group was like, hey, you know, that Xfinity car is looking quite nice. So it just kind of naturally presented itself in that sense that where now we can still have our successful truck league, give a lot of our core guys a new opportunity, uh, you know, in the Xfinity car. And then with that as well, uh, between the two kind of do a bit of an eye reading split. So it can present an opportunity for some people to, you know, maybe have a little bit more success, you know, if they were a little bit lower rated, but they love the broadcast, they love the camaraderie, you know, maybe the truck series now will give them a chance to be a little bit more competitive where, you know, a lot of our big names and normal names, they'll duke it out in the Xfinity series. It's so intriguing to the different members that come over through the years. What have that, has those experience been like for your side on the oval side in your opinion, Charles, because we see a lot of unique scenarios on the roadside. Remember back in the day when I was calling races with Christian Challenger, for example, he was very pumped up in the cup races to interview one driver because he sounded like Richard Childress. What's your favorite community story on the oval side? Oh man. Um, well, I guess for one, too, it is I love the fact that, you know, with these broadcasts, we do have the driver interviews, right? Because during our sessions, um, you know, there's not a lot of talking going on. And some of that is by design well, because we want to focus on the track. And then, you know, maybe these guys tend to have their own little click. So when you watch the end of the broadcast, and you're getting the interviews and you can put a voice to the name. And then maybe sometimes you're not expecting <laughs> that <laughs> voice with the name that, you know, pops up. It, you know, there's been a couple of times where, you know, like when uh, Abner Acosta uh, made his, uh, finally made his voice debut. And it's like, uh, maybe a little bit higher pitched than you think. And then, you know, then comes the ribbon and the jokes and same thing when people finally, you know, saw a picture of me with a webcam with my voice. And it's like, what's up with this guy? You know, yeah, that I'd say that's probably that not one exact event stands out, but just the accumulation over the years has been pretty fun. Community very tightly knit when it comes to PR competition. Jerome, I think he can speak for that, especially when it comes to the roadside. Where else can you find drivers race from the soup aisle have multiple fans cheer them on, actual fans, not uh, people fans, and as well have people do shoeies. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the shoeies, we, we had the Teddy Lowendick, one of our long time running uh, GT3 and back in time GT drivers, and, and what, what a cool guys. And that that's uh, that's the type of thing that, that we like to see at PRL, uh, a long coming, returning driver bringing that energy that friendship energy and a guy like teddy lowendick is really one of, of these that is bringing that special addition also to the broadcast he's always bringing some cool stuff uh, with the, the cam on the broadcast so um yeah it's it's uh it's that uh, that, that type of driver if i can say that brings uh, that the, the friendship aspect of the league on top of things, too, in the past couple of years, the league having its own esports organization, Dominic Oliviera, one of its top drivers, Elliot White, who has experience in NASCAR college competition, 
Moses Carabao amongst those in that running. You mentioned Costa also in that running. Talk us to us about how things are going for the esports program for your group. Seeing a lot of stronger performances in the top split competitions this year. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, there's a lot of change on the, the, the esports side. So when we started the esports program two years ago, our objective was really to target the top split and, and we, we contact these guys. So we had uh, uh, yeah, Dom, like you said, Elliot, Marlon, uh, Abner, and Michael. And, and two years ago, 6KI rating, it, it, it was big, but now, today, it's nothing. You, you barely do the top split with 6K. So within the last few weeks, we have started to recruit a little bit more of driver within the, the 4K, 6K uh, range and just try to build a, an eSport community, not only... A uh, few guys that are striving for the top split. No, we just want to attract people to race together. And, and that's exactly what's happening. It's not yet updated on our website, but we, we recently recruited Daniel Krasowski. Uh, we also recruited uh, Patrick Pelsha. So they are really, really fast and good driver. So at this point, our objective is not really to hit the top split, but Maybe to, to more be on, on the second split, third split, but have a better performance because let's be realistic. When, when you're in the top split, you, you compete uh, with the red line, the Coenda, it's just impossible. These guys are just war machine and they put a lot of time and energy in practicing while on our side, we do that for fun. We have family, so we cannot commit like that. So it's a little bit of a change of direction that, that, that uh, we are doing. We also compete uh, with the Precision Racing Esport in other uh, league. We uh, we have uh, some teams in the majors. We have uh, we have a few drivers in, in IVRA as well. So uh, yeah, it's uh, we start really to have a, a big community of esport, and it's really fun to uh, to see that aspect of it. Well, Jerome, first off and foremost, where can people go to learn more about the Precision Racing League, whether it be to just get information, becoming a partner, or even having the chance to sign up and compete in future seasons? Yeah, there's, uh, there's two places. You can, uh, you can go on our website, precisionracingleague.com. Uh, you can also go on our Discord. So it's precisionracingleague.com slash Discord. Uh, so that, that are the two places where you can get information. Uh, once you are on our website, we have a forum. So on the forum, we also have a lot of information on how to sign up and etc. And of course, also you can catch all the action of Precision Racing League only on Race Spot TV on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays for all of their action. Their season kicks off, I believe, this Sunday with the NASCAR PRL Cup Series happening, of course, to kick off the season before we go into a little bit of a holiday break. But, Jerome, finally, first and foremost, where is the future going to be for PRL as it progresses into the new year for 2023? A lot of exciting things already coming out of for Season 1, but what does the future hold? Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, one day at a time. <laughs> we did first, uh, first and foremost, uh, we have a lot of demons, so we, like I was mentioning earlier, we need to find a, a new day in the week to, to support more series. Uh, uh, we, we were also putting a lot of energy in the eSport program. So that's some, that's some stuff that will be, uh, announced soon. Uh, also we, uh, we would like, uh, we are investigating, if I can say, uh, an European expansion. So I think, uh, PRL uh, could be ready to hit the ground in Europe. Uh, so I know that there's some member that are requesting that because 
back in time when we were supporting other games such as Project Cars and, and Codemaster F1, we had European League and even Pacific League. Um, so we decided to just take a step back, focus on our racing North America. But I think that everything is, is set in place now to, to uh, try to hit the ground again in Europe. So uh, that's something we're going to be uh, working on uh, within the next few uh, few months. Well, Jerome, Charles, thank you so much for your time coming here on the iRacers download. And good luck to you for 2023 for the PRL and the future of this amazing organization. Coming up after the break, we're going to cover news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport Studio, powered by MyRacePass. I'm Justin Prince, along with me is Taylor Burris, our producer Richard Colbreth. It's time to break down the news of the week. And, of course, a very busy week in some cases, especially... With the iRacing build being released in the past week, as we talked about, Taylor, but also many of the official series going into full bloom to start off 2023, season one off with a bang. Certainly has been a lot of exciting things happening with some up and coming races happening this week. I got myself into a couple of races so far this week and picked up a couple of good strong finishes, but. They're still also making sure we can have some great things. They're still adding a little bit of updates here and there, some quick fixes and patches as well. But we still continue to have some great racing action, both in the World of Outlaws CarQuest Sprint Car Championship and the eNASCAR Contender Series. Let's talk about the iRacing World of Outlaws CarQuest Sprint Car Series first, as that series made its way to Williams Grove. And guess who? Hayden Cardwell picked up a victory and picked up a near-identical victory photo as a result on the iRacing website. He ended up having to hold off Eiler last season's winner, keep in mind, in that race, leaving all 34 green flag laps in the feature race. Hayden Cardwell starting to pick up the tempo after his issues last season. He certainly has been, and he is really on a tear with these back-to-back wins. But the question is going to be, does he going to be able to keep this momentum up as we progress through the season? Alex Bergeron is still being very consistent week in and week out with a fourth-place finish. That still puts him at the top of the leaderboard. But a couple of other drivers who have made some big surprises, drivers such as Timothy Smith, who's made it on the podium the past three weeks. Timothy Smith, third place, Colin and Tilly as well, his first top five in his career as well. But you're right about Timothy Smith. He's been really charging hard. He's been someone, remember, though, in the non-world championship scene who was someone on the rise in the past year or two years or so on the platform. There's a reason he is second of the championship behind Alex Bergeron's 220 points to his 173. Throw in J.D. Brown, Tyler Shell, Kendall Tucker, the top five. Things are starting to get intriguing. Bergeron with a good cushion, but the big number, I think, after this week, the summer watching, about maybe 70 points around the difference between Bergeron and Cardwell. Cardwell up to sixth after the win. It certainly is, and of course, the big thing is we're heading to a track that no one has ever had a chance to really come out and race on in a world championship aspect as we head to the brand new Lincoln Speedway, a track that's going to provide a lot of interesting scenarios when these drivers head out next Monday. Especially since it is the newest dirt circuit on the platform, that's going to be a bit of a wild card in terms of who's been able to get the preparation in to be able to turn laps around the racetrack, how much of the data from other circuits carries over for this race. It's going to be important to get that preparation in because in some cases, you don't want to be the first time on the track 
being the world championship. You need to put in the laps this week. You certainly do. And of course, you can catch all the action on Dirt Vision and on iRacing streaming models at streaming services as well on Monday at 9 p.m. So that for those of you who are wanting to date, that is Monday, December the 19th. So just before we get into the Christmas holiday spirit. And with that, we have to also talk about one more race as well. The E-NASCAR Contender Series as they went to dance with the Lady in Black at Darlington this past Tuesday. Where do you begin is the major thing. The first caution flag of the race since Homestead Miami Speedway came out that really made the strategy intriguing. Did you try and stretch it? Did you try and one stop it after two stop it essentially for the full race with the caution flag pit stop? The answer was Tucker Minter and his strategy to take tires rather than Alan Bose trying to stretch a fuel tank was the winning call after he had such a strong race, such a strong pit stop during the cautions. He ended up having to reel back in Bose that full lap or so to have a shot. But again, tire wear is big at Darlington. And it was big in the way for Tucker Minter over Joey Brown, Ryan Doucette, Parker White, and Bose only finished fifth after his strategy gamble. And if it was a funny thing about Alan Bose is he actually ran out of gas as soon as he crossed the finish line. So that strategy call he made was absolutely phenomenal. And But the big question is now going to be, who is eligible for those coveted last few spots inside the top 20? Currently right now, it is Kevin King who holds the 20th position. Of course, that is if the things are eligibility are correct, and we wait for some possibility of some retirements to guarantee this opportunity here regarding if we'll have 21 drivers or 20 drivers coming in as Kevin King holds that spot by one point over Daniel Falkingham and Michael Cozy Jr. And Malik, Malik Ray just two points behind as well. It is razor thin without the drop factored in to be able to advance. It certainly is, but the sad news out of all this, though, it's the end of an era, as Real Fala unfortunately will not return to the 2023 E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, at least via by points. So this is going to be pretty much the end of an era, the end of our champion, of, if you think about it, our record holder of E-NASCAR, Real Fala. Yeah, it just feels weird to talk about the series without Real Fala, because he's been there since essentially the beginning. This contender series, though, has been outright disastrous when it comes to Alfawa. Was that one caution eventually blew up at one point during the race. And then that's not getting into the tempers flaring on social media afterwards. Team Malik Ray spatting words involving the aggressiveness in some circumstances, as well as with a couple of the other drivers. The tire model was something they brought up as well. Ray Alfawa definitely not happy to not be making it back to Coke this year, but it's now going to be interesting. Does he try and go to the trucks again? I wouldn't be surprised if he tries that he seems to be indicating that on social media. It's been a big, a long ride for having a foul in the series for more than a decade, essentially. It certainly is. And also some other drivers who we were expecting to really showcase some talent. Blaze Crawford, Andrew Navarro, Seth Demerchant, Malik Ray, even all possible drivers who may not be able to make it into next year's Coke championship and has to go back through the pressure of running in the qualifying series in 2023. That even Daniel Budafuco, that was a driver. I think all of us were looking at and seeing, Hey, this is one of the future up and coming stars. He's possibly not going to make it. 
I think the thing that hurts Budafuco's case is his average starting position is 23rd. As we've seen, Taylor, with the amount of laps, but also the difficulty to make your way through traffic with how competitive the Contender Series is this year, you need to qualify towards the edge of the top 10, if not the top 10, to score a top 10 in a lot of these cases. And a lot of the averages reflect that. Briar LaPrade's been amongst those who have been able to cut through the pack, a few others. You need to qualify strong. And Budafuco has qualified at times in a very bad spot, which puts you in a very pushy spot, which puts you on the back foot for the rest of the race. So in our words, it's still going to be a tough hill to climb. He needs a lot to happen. But the main thing that you can point out is qualifying, qualifying, qualifying. It certainly is. And of course, the next track that these drivers are going to have to go to, it will be based off of qualifying how you finish, because the next track, very difficult place to pass as they head to the brand new, once again, Texas Motor Speedway for their finale for the eNASCAR Contender Series, where we determine who will get the chance to compete for the 2023 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series Championship. And also the big question is, what teams will some of these drivers go to? Because if you think about it, a lot of the drivers who are coming back or who are in competing in the contender series are not coming back to Coke. So we're going to have a whole brand new tray of rookies coming in. And a lot of these teams and team owners are going to be looking closely to see who is going to be able to represent them in 23. Yeah. You have Hurst, Taylor Hurst, who's been doing really rough. Only 36 points scored this entire championship. You have a foul, as we talked about, Mercurio, Witt, way down in the order, for example, that open up potential slots with different organizations. I think that's more going to come down to which teams come in, which teams come out. And of course, we won't know that full storyline until January, once the negotiation windows open up officially from iRacing in that discussion. And in a lot of these cases, it's going to be intriguing which routes they go. And don't forget, some of the drivers like Vicente Salas do have some support from Williams as we've seen through the Contender Series on their cars. Certainly has been. And I have to say, out of the drivers who are the big surprise for me, I have to get tip my hat to Derek Justice. Was not really a front runner or a contender in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. This year, he has been just about everywhere up towards the front of the field quite a bit often for that number 31 machine. I don't think it's a surprise with the speeding contender because the program he's with North Force Racing Technical Alliance-wise is very quick in this type of car. Parker White's a part of that respective grouping, for example. You throw robbers like White Tinsley in that grouping. The expectations are high for them to do well in contender series. And for Justice in particular, he's done a solid job just trying to maintain consistency, staying out of trouble. Somewhat, he has eight incident points for a reason but he's also been able to lead laps at times throughout the series. The thing's going to be, if he ends up moving on officially, the discussion point is simple. What do they do to try and amp up the cup program? Because here's the thing, a lot of drivers are going to be with the NASCAR programs likely from their camp, if not already in the cut line conversation to join the, the already drivers up there in the top 15. And we'll certainly see that come into play next Tuesday night, December the 20th at the Texas Motor Speedway. Catch all the action on both iRacing and NASCAR digital media streaming services. Well, we are now going to speak to the winner from Darlington, Tucker Minter. It's going to join us here next on the iRacers Download. 
Welcome back to the iRacers download from the Speed Sport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Taylor Burris here, along with Justin Prince, our producer Richard Colbreth, as we are joined by the winner from the eNASCAR Road to Pro Contender iRacing Series from the Darlington Raceway. He is the winner from Altus Esports, Tucker Mentor. Tucker, welcome to the download. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Tucker, first and foremost, walk us through this incredible year that you've been able to do. I mean, you were able to pick up a amazing win in Contender Series. You were able to have a chance and being very strong in the qualifying series. And here you are looking to once again make a run into the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. What is your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a year that I feel like has been building for the last two. I was fortunate to join a great team at Altus Esports and also bring along some of my friends from my previous team. And I think that allowed me to have the comfort. And then we all ended up working super well together. So I think it's just a culmination of all the great people around me allowed me to succeed. Yeah, I mean, looking over some of your stats from just 2022 alone, you were a Road to Pro qualifying driver winner at both Richmond, Kansas, Lucas Oil, Bristol Dirt, and then, of course, you pick up the Contender Series win. And phenomenal drive with you, with Altus Esports, picking up more wins outside of these qualifying series. Is this a year that you're looking going to be looked back on and be like, this was what got me to where I'm going to be going to in 2023? I would say 100%. I think this year really just drove home my confidence in my own ability as a driver to be able to up front and races and compete because I, I think you always feel like you have the speed you're racing around coke series guys and a fixed or b fixed or anything like that and then you would race them in road to pro every once in a while if somebody like colin keister got dropped down but you never really got or i at least didn't really get the full experience and confidence until racing with everybody in the contender series and knowing that i belong uh, racing at a top level find that to be an intriguing point because where you started to really hit the major scene in terms of the mainstream, so to speak, with NASCAR was during 2020 when you were essentially the builder for one of the NASCAR teams for that happy hour event that happened, I believe, it was at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, if I remember right at the time. It's been a major uprising for you over the past couple of years, on not just as a driver, but also as a setup builder on the platform. Yeah, I mean, in 2020, I I was I joined Nexus Esports, and that, you know, I didn't even have ambitions of making the Coke Series before that, or I had, but I'd kind of given up on that. And then, by being on that team, it kind of gave me the confidence that I can do this. And then, over time, through great teammates there, I picked up setup building, and I became the primary setup builder for 2021. We went and ran to pro under nexus and then he won or we swept the top three in round one of road to pro that year and then round two is just a series of misfortunes but yeah i mean i feel like i've been doing it for a long time at this point but i guess it's really only been three years that i've really been making competing on iRacing seriously you ran a lot of the league scene for reference prior to that 2020 point with major series in the past Interesting quote from Bill Soup's on at one point. I'm not sure if I can reiterate the full quote, but discuss your fearlessness when it comes to racing on the racetrack. 
how would you describe that need to be fearless in this championship, knowing how cutthroat the contender series is this year? Yeah, I mean, when competing at the top levels of NASCAR, really any series on iRacing, everybody is so close in speed because either, you know, the talent rises to the top and everybody has so much time to practice that you can't really just lay back and let somebody have something. You have to be on your game 100% of the time. And I think you see that in the Contender Series every week. If somebody gets a run, you have to take that run or you have to defend it because, you know, even if you pass three cars in the Contender Series during a race, you've done, it's a Herculean effort most weeks just because everybody's so close and it's so hard to pass. So I feel like that's been something that's kind of benefited me is I don't think I have a disregard for other people on the track. Um, like I don't, I don't really knock people out of the way really ever. At least I try not to, I try to race clean in that way, but I'm just not really afraid of what someone's going to think of me for racing them. Now, how would you describe the atmosphere today at all to see sports? Because your drivers have done very well this campaign, to say the very least, in the series. Lots of them having a chance to potentially, if not already unofficially, lock themselves into Coke action for next year. What's the atmosphere like knowing how things are going now in the past couple rounds, especially of the Contender Series? Yeah, I mean, right now, I wouldn't say it's stressed, but... Um, I mean, we still are working hard to get Cozy locked in. He's really the last one who, um, you know, he's just below the cut line. Ryan's in a pretty good spot. And then it's looking like uh, Merch, uh, James, and Chris are just about out of points contention. So we're still working hard on getting Cozy in. But I feel like how the Contender Series gone has really been a culmination of the chip on our shoulder. I feel like the team has had... All year, Altus kind of has a history, and those guys of running really well in road to pro and then making contender, and for one reason or another, not working out. And so I feel like that's been a talking point, even when we were winning every road to pro race that we did with Merch and Jordy and myself. Um, they would always bring up, oh, but when they get to the contender series, you know, it doesn't work out. So I think we're all really proud of the speed we've had every week with consistently fast qualifying setups, which I know is the Achilles heel of the team last year before I joined. And then I feel like we've been at least one of the top three teams in race every week. Um, and I think that's just an awesome accomplishment. Yeah, of course, one of the things we look forward to seeing is these you competing as a rookie next year in 2023. Working with Altus Esports, of course, you mentioned one of, being one of the main builders of the team. This team, of course, has been well recognized for its both NASCAR and endurance racing format. What is it like working with such a high-level team, and what could we expect to see this team doing come 2023? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we can do an awesome job next year. I wouldn't be surprised if one of us was in the playoffs next year. Um, just with the work that we've shown this year, obviously Altus performs at a high level really now with us making the Coke series in all four of iRacing's licenses with Tim Ryan, who won the first World of Outlaws championship under the Altus banner, and then Leon Delamo competes in the 
by racing dirt road world championships and then of course we have three guys in the porsche esports super cup and i think next year jordan caruso with simone and oscar i think they have a chance of being in the top three if not in the conversation for the championship and i feel like that culture of everybody really expecting the best of each other and all of us competing at a really high level you know the road guys they support us we support them it's it's a really cool dynamic i, I didn't really expect it when i joined the team in uh, january but you know like before every race simone gets us hyped up and he's definitely the secret weapon i feel like this year so it's it's a lot of fun it certainly seems like to be a lot of fun, but of course, outside of motorsports and esports competition, I, I was looking over your bio. You also are interested in cross country and classic country music. Give us a little bit of the inside of out, or actually the outside world of racing for Tucker Minter. Yeah, so uh, I'm a student at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. I'm going into my last semester here in the spring and I should be graduating. And then uh, I have cross country in my bio, which is a little bit left over from high school. I don't run as much as I used to, if really at all. So that's something I keep telling myself I'm going to get back into, but I, I really need to start following through on that. And then from a musical taste standpoint, I uh, definitely do prefer old country. It was in the top 0.1% of George Jones listeners, according to Spotify. So I don't know if that's an achievement or something I shouldn't share, but um, yeah, I mean, right now life is pretty good. Just, you know, everything's going well on the iRacing front and then just working towards my degree. Well, as a fan of George Jones myself, I have to say you are not the only one, but of course, a great to hear some other people in, are a fan of classic country music. But as we come to a close, Tucker, where can people go to follow you, follow your career, follow your team even? as we look ahead to the 2023 year and what to expect. Yeah, I'd say my primary social channel that I use for keeping it up with all my iRacing things is just on Twitter at Tucker Mentor. I feel like I've, I said in January, I was upping the social game this year. And I think I did that. I don't know if you all remember the tweet with the monkey driving around Daytona. Oh uh, man. I was pretty solid. And then, I've kind of slacked off with Contender starting up, but maybe in the next year I'm going to have some banger tweets coming out. So uh, we've got a few ideas. that it, it should be fun. Well, we look forward to that. Well, Tucker, thank you for your time coming here on the iRacers Download, and good luck to you next week at Texas and into 2023. But with that, it is time that we come to a close for our special guests, of course, from the PRL and our winner from the, of course, eNASCAR Contender Series. And, of course, my co-host, Justin Prince, our producer, Richard Colbreth. I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass.